My name is Chandler Malone, and welcome to the latest episode of Be Attento. Helpful tips and stories from some of today's most successful entrepreneurs and investors. Be Attento is brought to you by Attento Capital, a Tulsa-based venture fund focused on driving returns through early-stage venture investment and local economic development and job creation. Attento is Spanish for helpful, careful, thoughtful, insightful, conscientious, and polite, as we seek to embody these characteristics to all of our stakeholders. Today, we are excited to welcome Dor Abu Hasira, founder of Percepto, to the podcast. Dor, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Chalo. Thanks for having me. To get started, would love to just hear a little bit more about Percepto. We're very well versed on what you do, but would love for the rest of our listeners to understand more. Yeah, so Percepto is a company that provides a visual asset monitoring solution for big industrial sites. What that means is that we utilize visual data, and usually it's aerial data, data from the air, in big industrial facilities to help energy, oil and gas, and mining companies to make their operation um, more efficient and more secure based on this data. For application like preventive maintenance, seeing faults before they happen and react to them faster, and also in real time securing their areas or even replacing dangerous routines that their employees are intaking today. Uh, so the company is an Israeli company, Israeli origin company. I personally moved to the U.S., opening our office here in the U.S. in the, in the Bay Area about a year and a half ago. And we now have also offices in Australia. And our operation has basically been in those three main geographies. Europe is kind of managed for the three. So. To give some context of the company, so it's about an 80 employees company. We raised about 27 million in venture capital to date. That's what's published. And we work with some of the biggest and most, I'll say, heaviest industrial companies in the world, helping them kind of incorporate this new frontier or possibilities from them that they can extract from the, this wave of technologies through cloud, through uh, machine learning and AI, using you know, those tools with uh, uh, the visual data of their huge and impressive assets. So that's what we do. And happy to be here with you today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Tell me a little bit more how you came up with the idea for Percepto. What made you interested in drone technology? What made you interested in heavy industries and marrying the, the technology with the customer base? Yeah, so when, when I founded the company in, in 2014, it was, was mainly the time when I realized that I can build a drone in a very relatively easy way that can really do a lot of complicated functions like uh, fly to GPS location, send video, and really do a lot of uh, the functionalities that what we knew as defense drones, what we thought as the, the new frontier of technology could do at the time. So I think that th that time, 2014, was a time that it was clear that drones have a potential impact, like there is an opportunity around this technology. But it wasn't clear exactly what is exactly the deliverable that they're going to provide and what is the first step this technology is going to take. And when I founded the company, I knew that I have great technology that I'm going to help drones be more autonomous. But the market was actually not exactly ready to, to use autonomous drones. It was actually just starting to accept manual drones and, and figure out how just the ability to fly a sensor around an area can help them. So in 20, I'll say 15 or maybe early 16, we basically realized that 
even though everybody was talking about autonomous drones. The media was there, the companies were fundraising, everybody was talking about autonomous drones. Still, the companies that were supposed to be the clients and use this technology still didn't know how they're going to do it. And when we were offering them technology at the time, they didn't know how to use that technology. Like, who is going to bring the drone? Who is going to give me the data? Who is going to analyze it? What is exactly the value, the ROI for me from that application? So for Percepto, I think we had great technology. We were a team coming out of uh, Israeli uh, defense industry and high-tech industry with being good products around drones. But in 2016, we made a decision that what the industry was lacking is application and use cases and not technology. And so we set up the company to be an end-to-end solution for our customers. And I think our focus of value and, and, and the solution for the market is really what drove us uh, ultimately to have industries, which was not necessarily our focus area just, uh, when we started the, the company. And also what drove the company forward enabled us to grow our sales and, and then, of course, our team and, and, you know, and so it goes. <laughs> so definitely first came the technology and then came the market focus. You touched on a point speaking about how, you know, customers weren't really adopting the technology that you were using. And I think that there are a good number of entrepreneurs who find themselves in this situation. So could you talk a little bit more as to how you were able to educate your customers on the value of the technology and how you were able to bridge that gap, that problem? Yeah, uh, happy to. And I think that in a, in a way, every company is going through that phase. Uh, if you're building something that is already widely spread, you're not going through the education stage. If you're a startup and you're building something new, you're going through an education stage. And I think it's just something that's different for every industry, I would say. We are starting to oil and gas. You have to understand the dynamics of that industry that is very you know, risk averse and, and want to take things one step at a time. Uh, so on one end, we learn that it's it's really an issue for us of how slow they are. And, and when we tried to project our numbers early on, it was all over the place. But then you also realize that when an industry is so massive and so uh, risk averse, they, they create the structure internally of how they're going to adopt technology. And you find a way in through the innovation departments, through the uh, the people who actually have budget to do some something you know new in their area, kind of find the early adopters in your area. And regardless what your area area is, the hard part is to find those early adopters because they are the one going to teach you how your solution really looks like, what's the real value of the product. And, and and I don't think I have a formula for that. I have only two tips. First, this is the one thing that you have uh, uh, to do. <laughs> after you have your seed funding. So the main thing you have to figure out is 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 where where is your first niche that you you're kind of basing your your sales and kind of kind of driving your your structure for. And and I guess the second thing is kind of derivative of that just figure out it's an iterative process and never assume it's over because it's keep going all the time. So I I feel like it's if you are a student of uh, kind of innovation and, and, and how the, uh, you know, startups are, are done. I'm not saying anything that is you know different, but it's it's just it was for us, for example, it took a long time. 
it took a long time to have this cycle with with the companies that are very slow and their their first sales cycles were you know over a year because not only that they're risk averse we don't really have a working product yet so things even if everybody are happy with where we are going it's hard to really close the sales and, and create what, what you need to create so just understanding the process and kind of plan for the process and also allocate focus and budget for this process it's it's a critical process thank you for for those tips of advice one of the things that I think everyone knows about startups is that you are going to run into a lot of situations where you don't have any experience. But I think one thing that people often don't realize is that your previous experiences can help educate you and, and set you up to be successful. So I'd love to hear about how some of your previous educational and work experiences have played into uh, you being able to strategize and steer Percepto in the right direction. Well, I think I, I have more uh, description of how I, I got it wrong, I think, because my expertise were engineering. So I, I'm an engineer. My, my passion was to build products. What, what I thought that we can do better is build products. And, and so my focus was on building products. And uh, when we founded the company, again, in Israel, I, I was, have a, a friend that we had this idea and thought, okay, we are two co-founders who are technical. He was a mechanical engineer. I'm an electrical engineer. And I said, okay, I know who we need. We need uh, Sagi, another friend of mine from college with their master in computer vision at the time. He's the best software engineer or kind of software engineer. Uh, so we, we didn't even thought about the fact that we are missing kind of a business expertise and, and, and different type of, of complementary capabilities, which is really something that you can plan for when you build your uh, founding team. Uh, so we ended up spending a year building great product that uh, was not really a fit for the market and only then adding... Uh, a fourth co-founding uh, a business-oriented partner that really helped us in kind of strategizing how we understood our business and our sales processes and all of those critical aspects of building a business. And one more thing, I, I think that by definition, if you are founding a company, probably you're missing some experience, right? For me, I had it in, in many aspects. And the critical part is to realize that you are missing it and to know that as you grow, it's going to be felt. So also every quarter or year or stage, you have to ask yourself, are we growing to that need or do we need to hire that experience? Because ultimately you will need to get some experience that exists out there in the market to execute on, on a fast scaling company. So again, it's it's not over <laughs> when you get to your A round or even later, it's just getting uh, faster pace <laughs> and, and more challenging. So actually the seed round is, is a good time to practice on those topics because mistakes are less costly. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was what you see in terms of trends for use cases for drone technology. And as a follow-up, what are some areas that Percepto is positioned to continue to differentiate itself from competitors? So with Percepto, I think what the most exciting thing that we're doing is we actually have uh, an autonomous robot collecting data. Ultimately, what we're offering is, uh, you know, an, a solution that's using this data to create a better understanding of a facility and reports and alerts. But having that autonomous drone, autonomous robot piece is a very challenging one, but also a very valuable one. And, and, I, and I think around robotics and about visual analysis, you're going to see more need from an industry standpoint and more solutions coming up because it's 
becoming less complicated to build hardware, less complicated to create those solutions. And from an industry standpoint, it became more kind of known that this is the solution exists. And, and as more people will see other people having them, they will also want them. So I do see robotics as a key kind of trend that is changing heavy industries, keep advancing. I think from the industry standpoint, there's two trends that are driving that. The first one is what we call Industry 4.0. So, of course, companies understand, like they, they understood a decade ago or more, than they need to change how they see IT. Now they understand that they need to change how they they're base their operation based on data. And it's not only Percepto, it's also SCADA and all the sensing capabilities that are going around. There's a lot of different ways for heavy industries to absorb data and use this data to make better decisions. And, and SCADA, for example, which is the sensors on the critical components in a, in a heavy industry facility, its industry today is more than 15 billion and growing about 12% a year. So the need is there to do that change for the industry. The second trend that I see is that what, what we call, um, I, I don't know if the, the name is correct, but uh, manless uh, sites. Basically, more and more companies are focused on how they manage their remote operation uh, you see Rio Tinto managing an entire mine without having any person on the mine, or almost no person in the mine, not, not really nothing. And, and in other companies, like electrical companies, they have uh, distribution sites for, for power for hundreds across each state here in the U.S. So you have a need to remotely manage sites that are unmanned. And technology, not only robotics, also sensing, and of course cloud, and, and AI over those terrors uh, of data. Just a way for you to do that in a much more effective way. Uh, so I think those trends will keep pushing innovation forward. And uh, I definitely think that if you speak with heavy industry companies today, they are looking for technologies that will help them improve in those spaces. So for our last question, would love to hear how your experience in Tulsa has been so far. Wow, it's so it's my first time in Tulsa, I will admit. Uh, I only heard about it in uh, Friends because Chandler moved here at some point. And it's been quite amazing. First of all, it, the most amazing thing from uh, my time here is how I feel aligned all the different entities from the mayor office to the corporates to, uh, you know, the private funds and, and people who are involved in the community, how focused everybody are on economic growth and about finding solutions that are not solving just the problem that they have right now, but looking forward and how they grow it into a successful economy. And already it, it looks like people are feeling that. There are some very good, cool places that I get to, to spend with you and <laughs> the team around here. And really surprisingly for me, how, how much investment in uh, quality of life and in helping business, like how pro-business the ecosystem here is. So really amazing for me to see that and really enjoy this visit. Awesome. We, we absolutely love to hear that. Thank you so much for your time on the podcast door. If you have anything else that you'd like to share with the world about Percepto or your time in Tulsa or just anything on your mind, let us know. So only on Percepto, I'll say that, you know, people are not aware that uh, basically autonomous drones, drones that operate without a human next to them, that flies them, are, are much more just here than people are realized, even in the U.S. 
I'm uh, really excited about where this is uh, now getting to. I think also in the in the U.S. level, there are a lot of things that need to align with the regulator and the industry, and it feels like for autonomous drones, they are finally here combined. So I think we're going to have a lot of exciting announcements on autonomous drones in 2020, and I hope that those are going to be a big part of that. And also, you're going to see drones flying here in the skies of Tulsa. So just looking forward to what 2020 is going to bring. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, and so are we. All right. Thanks a lot, Chanto. Yeah, thank you, Dor. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Be Atento podcast. You can find us on social media on all profiles at Atento Capital, and you can find us online at atentocapital.com. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts are played. And we want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Rant 9 Productions for their help. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Mm-hmm.